Hello and welcome to the Brave Marketing Podcast with your host Swapna Thomas. This is the podcast for the renegades, the trailblazing leaders and the change makers who don't just have a business, it's your calling. Those of you who want to make a difference and make money but all on your own terms. I'm on a mission to show as many life coaches as possible how you can have more income, more impact and infinitely more fun by being unapologetically and bravely you and breaking all the rules. I have created five figure months with no paid ads, a tiny list and zero complicated sales funnels. Simplifying marketing and teaching you how to use it for good in the world is my zone of genius. With this podcast, I'm here to share weekly episodes on the soul and the strategy of marketing, mindset, money and everything online business. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Brave Marketing Podcast. And today's episode is going to be really meta because we have a podcasting queen talking about podcasting on this podcast. So we are talking to Olivia Souza. She is a multi-talented entrepreneur with a deep passion for helping others achieve their business goals without succumbing to the common pitfalls of social media burnout, which is so real. I can vouch for it. And she's also known fondly as Livy, and she empowers entrepreneurs by guiding them in the creation of binge-worthy podcasts with ease. With Livy's assistance, entrepreneurs don't just create engaging podcasts. They establish a solid foundation for their entire marketing footprint, from videos to social media posts. And her innovative approach has helped her clients reclaim up to six hours every week, which I can tell you are priceless for any entrepreneur. And that also prevents burnout and enhances productivity. Through her love for podcasting, Livy has had the opportunity to collaborate with a diverse group of professionals, from coaches and educators to social workers and radio stations. And many of her clients have gone on to land radio gigs, speaking engagements, and hot leads, amplifying their reach and impact. So welcome, Livy. I'm going to call you Livy because I <laughs> love that people call you Livy fondly. Well, my brother started it. <laughs> Thank oh. you. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. And obviously, you know, that last part that you talked about that your clients have gone to land radio gigs and speaking engagement, that means you do help them get famous. But what I am more interested in is this one thing that you mentioned that you were famous in Portugal for 15 minutes. So I really want to start the whole episode by talking about that. Such an intriguing thing. Ah, yes, that was a fun adventure. And if I'd been willing to uproot my family, uh, who knows what might have happened. But uh, no, this uh, entertainer who's very famous in Portugal. So if there's any Portuguese, they will know this person. It's King King Breirush. And he is um, he's very famous he, he, and he's across generations because he sings funny songs that to the kids sound innocent and to the adults have a double meaning and are kind of a little bit naughty. And so, so he came out to Australia and he came to Melbourne and I was a support act and uh, he liked what he heard and we got chatting and he said that uh, if I went to Portugal he'd help 
get me on some TV shows and open some doors. And he was true to his word. So I went with my family and we went up and down north and south of Portugal and, you know, I even got to stay in a penthouse suite at some place thanks to him. <laughs> uh, uh, but my family, when I tell this story, I think that people, you know, might think other things were going on, but my parents were around the whole time. It was very, he was like, an, <laughs> he was like, he felt like an uncle to me. And it was, it was fun. So yeah, I got on four different, uh, very famous TV shows in Portugal that go all around the world. And, and for a red hot minute, I was a bit famous and being being recognised. Uh, but I would have, you know, and I could have potentially stayed there, but I didn't really want to make my, I just got married, didn't want to make my husband have to learn Portuguese and, and a whole, I just didn't want to change my whole life to, to live there. But that was, that was a fun adventure, you know. Um, yeah, so that was, that was funny. <laughs> that was yeah. fun. Yeah. So that was your first brush with fame, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's and, uh, that's what I get to put that in my bio. Yeah, and now you help others get famous. And of course, you are famous in your own right as well. But the other thing that I saw when I was going through, you know, what you shared in the form that we have for all our guests, we asked this question, what has been the bravest thing that you have done in your life or in your business? And you shared that, it was being able to talk openly about things that you had been processing for a while and now you felt ready. And specifically, you were talking about uh, postnatal depression and also having a baby via a donor egg. And And I now know that you also talk about ADHD, which I think you are also processing and sort of sharing at the same time. I just wanted to say that I think this is very common across all forms of content, not just podcasting, but speaking about things openly, sharing your real opinions and truths, being bold and showing up with that, you know, big deal energy, and yet being vulnerable is how you really connect to your audience. So when you have clients start their podcast, do you see this evolution where they start from being really scripted to becoming more real? And what would you say to someone who has just started a podcast and is finding it a little bit difficult to be really themselves or you know really openly talk about things that they have been wanting to talk about for a while? I think you have to start for, you know, to get comfortable, you have to start and you will become more confident just by doing that. But even then you can hit some ups and downs where you, especially if you're doing a solo podcast, for example, you might be just talking to a microphone and go, oh, you know, is this any good? Is this interesting? You know, I'm boring myself here or whatever. So I, I think it is also helpful to have someone to talk to and that's something I provide, but whether it's, someone that helps you like a podcasting mentor or whether it's just someone you've got in your life, a business mentor or someone you can speak to, sometimes we need to get out of our own heads. So I think that's another thing that that works. But And the other part about being honest and open is that I think that you can only do that when you have processed it and wrapped your head around it and you're ready to because those things that I've said that I've talked about myself I've done that when I'm able to. And there's times where I felt like, for example, with my pregnancy and people with Cara that I had when I threw a donor egg, I had to go through a whole processing of it. Is it is it okay to, to 
to be an older mum and to be trying to get pregnant and is it okay to get a donor egg? And I had to go through all of this and I had to feel okay before I could share it. And I, I was just listening to a podcast the other day actually, while we're on this topic, where they were talking about someone was saying that they lost weight through a gastric band and she's saying, I'm being honest about it because I see people, other celebrities not being honest and and it's not right and all of that. And my take on it is that you can't demand people to share things until they've processed it and it's ready and it might be a really triggering thing that they can't and aren't ready to talk about but also keep in mind this might be going on a tangent too a little bit but so that also is a reminder that when you watch other people and you compare yourself to other people that you may not know the whole story and to give yourself grace and to give other people grace but as soon as you can work through issues and understand them and be comfortable with them that's when you can start to share them. I am a very big believer in the fact that you don't owe vulnerability to anyone just because you are you have a business or you have a platform that doesn't mean that you have to talk about each and every part of your life I'm 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 a very private person and I definitely don't share all of my stories and even the ones that I share I have processed for a while and I always love to say I feel like I'm a broken record when I say this, but you should share your scars, not your wounds. And it's not just for your own, you know, uh, sort of protection and safety, but I think also not if you are in the thick of it, right? If you haven't fully processed it, you might not be able to have a meaningful conversation with anyone. If you sort of bring that topic up, then you have to be open for conversation as well, because people might ask questions, they might have feedback. And if you haven't fully processed it, people can sort of re-trigger your trauma, so to say. So I feel like you should do it at, at your own time, in your own way as well. Like you also you don't have to share each and every nitty-gritty of it. You can keep it as general as you want to, or go as deep as you want to. So I'm fully in agreement with you there. But I also feel like such an amazing thing that you have come to a place where you are able to share these things. And, you know, I'm I'm sure it helps so many other women who are who are wanting to be an older mom or who have had PND. I was one of them. So great to just know your own process around that. Let's come back to podcasting because that's what you are amazing at. Podcasting has been such a joyful thing for me to include in my business because I really wanted to create long form content. And I know that's a little bit of a, you know, uh, weird thing to say right now because everything is about short form content, right? Everyone wants to create reels and everyone wants to create now threads and all those things. <laughs> oh and, no, it's another platform. <laughs> yeah, but I really love long form content. I am still the kind of person who watches YouTube videos, which are like 40, 50 minute, you know, long, or, or I love listening to podcasts, which might be one and a half hours long. And I, of course, listen to it on 1.5 X speed because that's what people with ADHD do. <laughs> but what I have realized is that it has a learning curve like any other medium, right? It's fun and it you can totally do it on your own terms, but it def definitely has a steep learning curve as well. What are some things that people don't realize or don't really plan for before starting their podcast and you sort of see them really struggling with when they come and start working with you? 
I think, well, I think the tech gets people just, it just still seems overwhelming. And, uh, that, and just the thought of the, the commitment or just getting into it and not planning ahead a bit, because I always advise people to have preferably say two months recorded before you start at least one month, but I like two months, a bit of a buffer so that, cause you can batch record. And then when, by the time you make a big song and dance and, and have your launch, like you had a wonderful launch. I love how you did yours, <laughs> but you know, you can do it with a bit of, and be relaxed, a bit of peace and, and comfort and knowing that they're going to keep going out every week or, or whatever frequency you're going with and that you're not just suddenly finding, you know how time is, the week flies by and you go, oh, my God, I'm supposed to have a podcast out next tomorrow and scrambling. You can say that. You can say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Time literally flies when you have clients and you have a business and content to create on other platforms as well. So I'm, yeah, absolutely agree. So that's, um, I think it's just facing it actually too, a, a big part. I think a lot of the things that we fear, whether it's in podcasting or any part of life, it's just um, staying stuck in thinking about it and when you actually face it and go, okay, so what do I need to start a podcast and actually bite the bullet and look into it and start dealing with it, it's a lot less scary than being just frozen in in, in fear and overwhelm about it just to start dealing with it. And and even if you make mistakes, I mean, the reason I'm able to help people today and some of the most valuable ways that I can help people are due to making mistakes along the way. So it, just embrace, embrace it. Don't put the pressure on yourself to be perfect. Yeah, that's the big thing, right? I, I always... Um encourage my clients to go for C minus content. (laughs) Don't don't go for A plus content because you're just going to exhaust yourself. And it's through the C minus content that you're going to get to the A plus content, honestly. like, And it's the same with podcasting. I think we with podcasting because it feels like, uh, and there has been historically like, you know, podcasts, big podcasts that we have seen, uh, the ones that have a lot of popularity. They're such a a production like there's so much of produced stuff behind it so it sort of puts this pressure on you to be like them to be as professional as them as planned out as them and as polished as them but you, I think everyone has to understand that your podcast is basically your platform and you get to run it like you want to so if you want to you know really just shoot the breeze with your audience for a while every episode you can do that or you if you're like me who just loves to get into it immediately I don't like to you know create a lot of intro drama or anything like that you can do that as well so I think what I'm taking away from what you've shared is to just really make it your own journey and batching is for sure preferable I am still not in that uh, groove I am still finding my feet with that like we are still a couple of weeks ahead only uh, most of the time but but yeah that is definitely something because you know I felt sick um, really sick a couple of months ago and it kind of threw everything off track when it came to podcasting so Creating short form content on social media platforms was easy, but something like this does take a little bit of planning and a little bit of preparation as well. So I think, yeah, def- I completely agree with you. Batching is something that everyone should consider and having a bank of episodes so that 
they can still go out if you are not well or you have life happen to you. Yes. Well, the other thing you can do too that I've done sometimes for clients is go through the archives of some course they've delivered or something and go, here's a sneak peek of a course that I did and just uh, then only record an intro and put that out and give people a bit of a taste of what it's like to work with you. Uh, But there's different, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. So I think I do like to do batching because for me and for most people that I work with, they feel more uh, relaxed, I guess, and more confident if they know they've got a few in there. But there's other ways to, to do it. Like, uh, for example, if so, if you have a weekly interview that you do with someone and you just know that you're going to turn that into a podcast and you might do it live, then it might be once a week and it might not be a batch situation. So there's there's not there's no rules too. So I can share what I know works for a lot of people and what most people find helpful, but I also think there's best practice and and then there's life and what you can do. And sometimes we, I think we need to take a bit of pressure off ourselves. I think, you know, best practice is to be every day, you know, at the same time, every like weekly, ideally, but fortnightly, but I think what is manageable. And, and even if you miss one, like the sky, it's better if people can expect it. It's better if you're consistent. Of course, that's what we aim for. If something happens, Sometimes I feel like that can be an excuse for people going, I failed and throw it all in. And there's no, there's no, um, someone from the sky is going to come down and say, (laughs) (laughs) you missed that week. Just, you just don't want to get into a habit of letting it. Yeah. And letting you come to a complete stop, but take the pressure off. There's no rules. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm complete rule breaker. So I love that you believe that as well. Uh, But one of the things that you just shared now, completely segues into what I wanted to ask you. You mentioned sharing content from the archives of your old courses. So one of the things that I am now starting to think of is how to repurpose my podcast, because I definitely don't want to create content for the sake of content. And I always want to be strategic and leverage it in the long run. So what are some effective strategies for repurposing podcast content across multiple platforms? Because I know you're such a genius at it. All right. Well, one of them, one of the big ways I do it is with video. So that would include having video on. And I know you don't, so have video in your podcast. So I also do acknowledge that backing yourself with however you go about it is a big thing. Whatever you do, do it with 100% positive energy and excitement for the way you're going about it. You do what's right for you. But a video is a big way that I do it because for me personally, I feel like if I'm recording something and I'm spending this amount of time, on one hand, I'm loving that I'm here at the moment. I can be in my comfortable, big, warm, fluffy coat without caring what it looks like. And I haven't bothered having to attach my webcam and all of that. So doing it just (laughs) audio is lovely. It takes the pressure off in some ways. But if you don't mind putting a camera on, then that gives you a whole bunch of other opportunities. So you can, like for example, YouTube, they're actually pushing podcasts now as an official with an RSS feed and all of that. So you could put it on YouTube. You can, even if you don't do the YouTube long form, you can still chop up your video into shorts and get them edited too. So you can be, so you could do one piece of content, which is your podcast, then you've got a bunch of shorts and TikToks and reels that can push out onto all the platforms. And then you get a transcript 
from your podcast. And that's one thing I loved even before like short form videos were cool <laughs> and everything is just the fact that you get this treasure trove of stuff that you said that it's basically you get to brain dump, right? And then you get to go through and do some gold digging, I guess, and pull out the nuggets so you can have quotes, you can tidy up what you said into a blog, you can create carousels from some of the stuff that you said, you can put it into an email. So you're doing one activity and it can feed everything else. Usually there'll be a pull-out quote and, and and something that you can put on social media or something. So, yeah, it's just where you get to go deep. And when you go deep, there's lots that you can dig out of that. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of your creativity and having the right support as well. Like with someone like you on their side, I think people can really pull out so many different ways of using the same piece of content. I feel, yeah, definitely having a, you know, video content would be amazing, but trust me, like it's almost five, uh, it's 6 a.m. here. You don't want to see me on a video right now. (laughs) (laughs) And usually when I'm recording podcasts, it's either early morning or it's either late night because of, you know, where I live and all of that stuff. So I, had to like it wasn't a choice but I had to choose no no video option but I feel also like you're just limited by your own imagination like you could literally take the audio and put some sort of you know a background on it and still use it on YouTube as a podcast because I've seen the, the those as well because I think even on YouTube like at least for me I only listen to videos. I barely, very rarely actually sit and watch a video. I usually am doing something while I'm listening to a video and, you know, just absorbing the stuff. So I think you, you can still literally do anything that you want to do with a podcast because it is long form content. And that is the beauty of it. Like you can literally break it into so many different ways. And I encourage everyone to have something which is long form content. It used to be blogs and I was, you know, I started with a blog. So I definitely love that era, but it is not (laughs) no longer that era anymore. So we have options like videos or podcasts or that's pretty much it, right? You can either have videos or you can have audio, but you should have some sort of long form content in your business for sure. The other thing I want to talk to you about is that last week, Threads was introduced and (laughs) it was like an earthquake in the online world. And we saw it dip across all the platforms when it came to engagement, right? Everyone just immediately was sucked into this bright, shiny new platform. And I could see so many people complain that I had a launch going on this week and now the engagement is completely dead on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And almost every other day, we also hear or see someone who has lost their social media account or has been shadow banned or has been restricted for using some words or sharing some specific information, right? In what ways does podcasting help to insulate businesses from the impacts of social media algorithm changes or just platform bans? Well, I think for one thing that you get to keep your podcast, like it's a a safer, more secure platform that you that you own that you can then put on all the platforms so what we were talking about before with the repurposing i for myself 
when they started talking about TikTok bans and I, I'd been following people on TikTok and my heart was kind of breaking, thinking is, they've put in, some of these people put in like four or five videos a day just to make that impact to get where they are and it could just be taken away from them or or, or yeah, it happened. Like in India, TikTok oh my is goodness. banned. Yes. You cannot access it. That's, yes. that's so. That is so unfair to all the people that have created their their leads from there. And so, like we all know, people that have had their accounts banned on on Meta on one platform on Instagram or Facebook. And so, to me, having a podcast, chopping up all the little videos, if you're going to do videos, or just do them as audiograms or your B roll or, or whatever, and using that and spreading it. I like the idea of diversifying and putting it across different places and sending them and directing people to your email list that you do own. But basically if you own a podcast, you'll be able to own that. You can you can switch to different hosts if you wish to, but basically you, you get to own that. Always back it up of course, but it's a it's a thing that you get to keep and I think we should build our own real estate. We're putting all this work into creating content if we can own it and and spread your risk too. Yeah, and I think, again, like I would once again reiterate like the importance of having long-form content in your business. It's it's literally not just long-form, it's also long-term because you can keep reusing it in so many different ways, chop it up or just, you know, get re-inspired and create even more content with your podcast. So I, for sure, I definitely feel like that is something everyone should think about. As someone who is helping with so many podcasts and helping so many entrepreneurs bring out their podcast, and obviously you have your ear on the ground, you are observing what's happening in the podcasting world. What do you think is the forecast for podcasters? What should people expect from their own podcasts? any trends you have spotted or any specific strategy you would recommend trying for anyone who's listening? As you said, you don't necessarily need to go for the next shiny object, just uh, just simply to create good quality content and concentrate on your own game. Uh, but the newest thing, I guess, would be YouTube mu- moving into the space, probably the newest development that I've seen happening, that they actually are creating an RSS feed and I did hear whispers that, you know, they could be a place that you potentially host from. It was Pat, Pat Flynn. I saw a video of him. I don't know if you the smart passive income. Yeah, OG podcaster. <laughs> yeah. He was talking about that, but it was all very new. So we have to wait and see. But that would be quite a disruptive move. So that'd be interesting. But it's obviously quite a competitive space with YouTube and Spotify and, and Apple or trying to, to get attention. So that means it's still... It's not going anywhere. So, um, yeah, so that, so YouTube is a possibility with that. But whether you do low-key version YouTube and just have a presence there versus I'm going to try and go viral on YouTube, they're two very different things. So one is, you know, push it out there very basic, like, like with an audiogram and you can set it up with repurpose.io or something. Or if you go, I'm going to go viral, viral type of content, then you, uh, then you actually do need to do the – the more edited, polished version for that generally is usually how YouTube actually works. So it's just got to pick what works for you, your lifestyle, your business, your goals. Yeah. And I think I would be 
Grimis, if I don't talk about AI, do you think AI is going to have any impact on podcasting? It gets into everything, doesn't it? I mean, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm already using it, to be honest. I actually have a have a download people can have if they want and add some of the ways that I use it to help with creating the podcast titles and and helping with show notes and suggesting the tags to put in it, things like that. So you can already do that there, but it comes into ways things are edited and the video side of things. It's just, it's just endless, but even more scarily, but I don't, I can't imagine this being an enjoyable thing to listen to, but it is possible to take a transcript, write a script and give it to an AI who's cloned your voice and get an AI actually does all the speaking, but that would lack personality, surely. I, I think I think the strength that we have at the moment uh, is being more human and having some flaws and showing up and having conversations and, a, and the flaws are actually part of the value because we know it's real then. So that side of uh, that doesn't appeal to me so much, the automated voice just saying the whole podcast, that's a bit spooky. I tried that and it it was easy, <laughs> honestly, to hear your own voice being cloned. But also, like you said, I don't think I can use that, you know, in, in the long run because it takes away from the real human connection, right? That's what we want more of. Like, I think people are trying to take away the human out of everything. And I feel like we, at this point, in time, we just need more of humanity in everything. And let's not, you know, make it. And also, we don't want to become so technologically dependent when it comes to in our businesses that we forget how to just talk, right? <laughs> like that's what the where we are headed to. Like we forget to talk because we have cloned voices now. The whole reason that podcasts are so powerful is because you're getting directly into people's ears while they're doing the cooking or driving the car or whatever, and they feel a connection to you and they, they have this parasocial relationship with you. And so, yeah, it's very personal. It's one-to-one communication, one person at a time. And so, yeah, yeah I don't think AI can replicate that. Wouldn't want it to, that's for sure. Actually, I want to also mention another thing that people might forget about podcasting that I think is aside from the marketing side of things is that connection not only with the people listening but the fact that it's kind of a networking tool. So you can go, you can use it as an excuse to meet anyone that you've ever hoped to meet. It kind of gives you a platform and a value that you can offer them. And when I first started podcasting, aside from the podcast itself and serving the audience, a lot of what I got out of it was was meeting people and then them knowing I did speaking and then them inviting me to do workshops and stuff because of this this sort of image and association and it's a and this way of actually having a chat with people. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the honestly overlooked aspects of podcasting is the community that you're able to build, not just with your listeners, but with the kind of guests that you get on your podcast and how they contribute to the overall conversation and the overall or overall theme of your podcast. I think that is something that we should also think about and be mindful of when we are creating a podcasting strategy. I know this might be a tough question for you, but still I'm going to ask it. Do you think there is anyone who should not start a podcast, <laughs> any kind of entrepreneur that you would say, no, you shouldn't start a podcast? Um, oh, that's a good question. Who shouldn't start a podcast? 
I don't think I can answer that for someone else. I just, I don't think you should start one because you think you should. I think you should start one because you want to, because you think it would be fun, because you have a calling, because it's a thing that you have always had sort of nagging you at the back of your mind. I should, I should. But if you're thinking and the reason you don't want to do it is because you're just scared it will be too hard or this or that, then have a go. You only live once. Just have a red hot go at least. But if it's something you're doing because you think you should, but you've got no other motivation, then don't. Find find what, you know, you might want to just appear on TikTok every day or go nuts on threads. Or I do think, I do strongly believe in, you know, following your own inner calling and going all in and just be fully, fully present with whatever feels like your calling and your path. Yeah, definitely don't do it because you think that's what works for other big name entrepreneurs or, you know, that's how people are getting more clients and making more money, right? Do it if you genuinely feel like you can get up on podcast and talk about what you love every single week or whatever your frequency might be. That is definitely important. Lastly, I want to ask you, what are your three favorite podcasts from a podcaster's point of view, like from someone who supports podcasts? And you don't have to name mine. I'm, you know, liberating <laughs> you from that expectation completely. Okay. Besides besides your wonderful podcast, because that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and I do genuinely love your message. I love how you share things in such a refreshing way with authenticity. So I do love that. And I think that's what I admire in podcasts. So the other one, I've got a client and a hasty, so she's got the Alchemy Mind, uh, Mindset podcast. And one thing I love about hers, for example, is that she she's honest about sometimes thinking, saying things that are less than perfect as far as she's very inspiring too, but she's very relatable. So she'll say, oh, I have to say this, and I've been wanting to talk about this issue for a while, but I've had this block that I won't be able to express it very well. So bear with me. And then she gets into it and it's all very endearing. <laughs> I like Jenna Kutcher. I listen to her and she doesn't do it. Like I, I've been saying, it's a big trend to do video and you can do so much with it, but her, she, she doesn't. So that's an example of someone who succeeds without doing that. Um, I like um, a Mamma Mia podcast for a bit of Mamma Mia out loud for a bit of mindless chat about what's going on in the world. I don't know. I feel like I want to mention all my clients <laughs> and then I'll leave people out. And, uh, so, um, yeah, Caroline Ellen uh, has the Safer Stronger Kids podcast. So uh, anyone who wants a bit of inspiration, she so highly impacts me in my parenting and I'll play snippets of things that she said to, to my kids to go, see, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> of limited screen time. See, hear this bit. So anyway, so yeah, it depends what you're, I think it's people who basically are authentic. And I think that's why I love podcasting because it tends to attract people who are doing something from a place of authenticity and doing something they love and care about. Absolutely. Before we go, and thank you so much for everything that you have shared today and all the podcasting gems that you have dropped today. Where can people find more about you if they want to work with you, if they want to start their own podcast? Of course, we're going to, you know, put all of your links in the description box. But what's the easiest and the quickest way to reach out to you? Well, you can you can just go to my website and find everything else there, I guess. So livymusicmedia.com. Uh, so L-I-V-V-I musicmedia.com. And then you can find me, find me on Instagram and Facebook and 
TikTok and everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Livy. And we are excited to have you this time, but I'm sure we'll have you soon when there are more things in the podcasting world. And I need to get a sort of new surge of inspiration for my own podcast. We're going to have you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure. That's the episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am thrilled to have you as part of the Brave Marketing community. Because this podcast is still brand new, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a five-star review as that will make it easy for other brave hearts to find this podcast and grow our community of rule breakers. Until next time, have a brave week ahead.